Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Hey, Craig. for me than for you but yes as, I, as I, everyone I, I, well how long has it been you missed a homecoming it's probably been a while uh 2014 yeah. when i lived on the east coast yeah i think yeah. so yeah yeah uh, so, weddings you know, will get you man those fall weddings fall weddings will get you should should be a good wedding um at least i, I get better a, be at least i get free so not only do i get free dinner out of it and free boot, free beer, right? But I I get to stay in a cool uh, treehouse, and yeah. I get uh, breakfast in the morning as well. So nice, and rehearsal dinner uh, tomorrow night. So like, at least I get some free meals and beer out of it. So yeah, um, and and for you know once I it I only have two. Uh, consecutive weekends in Pullman this time instead of three, so that <laughs> nice. <laughs> so maybe maybe uh, my my uh, liver will appreciate that, um, yeah. and my yeah. sleep schedule. Uh, yeah, but this is podcast versus everyone episode one thirty seven, the Oregon State homecoming preview edition. I am Craig Powers. With me is Jeff Newser. We're both tip top shape. 100% energized to talk about the beeves and cougs and can WSU keep that long seven game win streak alive and extend it to eight, uh, which is super fun to have over a, a regional rival. And I don't care what you say. The beeves are a rival. Uh, they are the most similar school in the conference to us. I yeah. think in, 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 in a world where the Huskies don't exist, the Beavs would be our hated rival. And, uh, you know, if that conference realignment ever comes where both of us are knocked down a peg, they might be. They might be our hate, hated rival. But for now, they probably hate us because we've beat them yeah. seven times in a row. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – we need more, like, of the Big Ten rivalries, you know, where it's like, you know, Minnesota and Wisconsin have like the old whatever it is. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's always <laughs> you know a, what I mean. Trophy. We need trophy. Yeah, games. like we they've got trophy games all over that league, right? Like where uh, people, you know, they, they they like just some two two teams. It seems random, but no, no, no. 
they had a rivalry, you know, 126 years ago. Okay, and so, so do now you they have, do you actually have a guess as to what the Minnesota Wisconsin trophy is? No, I don't. What so is it? So it is the battle it is the winner gets Paul Bunyan's axe. Oh, that's right. That's what it is. What's the See, old we need some shit like that. One, the old oaken bucket or whatever. Yeah, that's that's the one that always comes to mind. Uh, the old it's people are listening to this just going like I know why? I know the answer okay, to that. Okay, so uh, Indiana, that's Indiana it, and it, Purdue. Okay, that one makes sense. That that's like yeah, that's a rivalry you have. That's two that's two uh, public institutions yeah. in the same state. In the same state, yes. But like, okay, so hold on, I got now, see now we're down we're down like this rabbit hole. Big Ten rivalry. Oh, I did not realize this. Uh, the Indiana Purdue uh, football rivalry is very apple cuppy in terms of the uh, imbalance of wins. Uh, Purdue yeah. has definitely dominated it. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Uh, Illinois Northwestern. You've got the Land of Lincoln Trophy. <laughs> Uh, Illinois Purdue. You got the Purdue Cannon. Okay, Indiana Michigan State. Which one is that one? Uh, the old brass spittoon. <laughs> right. So what? Before we get into this preview, what would be <laughs> what would be the Oregon State WSU trophy if if we had a rivalry oh. trophy? And then I would love if anyone listening to this can send us their suggestions on Twitter uh, or, or an email. But yeah, so what would what would the Oregon State Corvallis-Pullman rivalry be? It'd probably be something agricultural, right? Yeah. Or, or a vet school thing or something like that. Yeah. Like, like well, the, I'll say that Michigan State-Penn State has the land grant trophy. Well, well we could just take that one. <laughs> Or or you could go Minnesota, Nebraska and have the five dollar bits of broken chair trophy. <laughs> that is real. That is real. Okay. Uh let's see. Uh what's another good one? Oh, Iowa, Nebraska is the Heroes Trophy. Iowa, Wisconsin is the Heartland Trophy. So This is hilarious. So yeah, we'd have like the uh Oh, and the little brown jug between yeah. Michigan and Minnesota. You got to love that one. Who could forget that one? Well, Man. yeah, WSU and, and it'd be a new rivalry trophy. So it would be like the 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 I the hazy IPA tall boy trophy or something. Because <laughs> Oregon State yeah. has a beer as a as a brewing program. Yeah, and we have a wine program. So brewers in town. We have a wine program, and they have a brewing program. So it'd have to be something. How's Oregon State's? How's their Oregon State's dairy program? How's their creamery? I I think you have to have one if you're an agricultural land land grant land grant school, right? Yeah. This is what people want when they tune into this preview. (laughs) Oregon State Creamery. The uh, we're going to play for the old. I don't know, man. We need we need people okay, to suggest. So they have. Uh, so they have. They also have a cheese that has a name. Okay. That all right looks like. Do so they call it Beaver Classic? I, I've never heard of this. Okay. And oh, so they have cheese, honey, and meats. 
Oh. So WSU has some meats. I don't think we do honey, do we? Not that I um, know of. It's possible. Yeah, I think it should be uh, something boozy. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> like the, I mean, that would. I don't know that it, that would get sanctioned the, the, by the, the, the by the schools, though. <laughs> They're the, like eh. the cracked plastic chalice. Yeah, I mean, we don't do, you know, I mean, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party doesn't happen anymore, you know, because goodness knows that's not. Well, what is, what, know, so what, what, is, what is it? You said Michigan and Wisconsin was the brown jug or something? Yeah, like, little brown jug or old brown yeah. jug or well, whatever. Well, what do they think the brown little jug brown was jug. for? There we go. The brown jug was. Uh, yeah. That, that yeah. wasn't. I know. That was I know what guys. you put in that jug. I know what I know what was in the old oaken bucket, too. Someone will also so. come up with uh, something for the um, uh, shotgunned Coors Light trophy or something. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, I guess we can talk about football now. Now that we, I, uh... yeah, I guess. <sighs> All right, so eight minutes in. Good job, everyone. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, we did it. Let's uh, let's talk about the football game. As always, we'll start with the Coug offense versus the Oregon State defense. Now, one thing I think we're pretty sure of at this point. And now, now I will say, um, there Travell Harris said that WSU opened up their uh, playbook a little bit in the last game. That got them 4.4 yards per play and 21 points. <laughs> so if that was the opened up offense, I I, yeah. I hope there's a few more layers because that still wasn't good. Yeah, no. No, it wasn't. It was still pretty bad. Pretty, pretty bad. The good news is they're, pri- they're playing a, a, a worse defense than Cal, a much worse defense than uh, – than Utah. So hopefully they can put up a few more points. Uh, WSU still, their offense is, there's not anything they're really doing well. It's, it, if you look at the, the advanced stats, uh, their WSU's offensive success rate on passing, 37% 81st nationally, 34% on rushing, 94th nationally. Uh, they are 106th in EPA per pass, 107th in EPA per rush. So they're not efficient and explosive, and they're not staying ahead of the chains. It just hasn't been working, and I it'd be really interesting to see these broken down by half, you know, because the second half is probably just... Bad, 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 bad. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, the, they've just struggled mightily. Uh, Oregon State's defense, particularly bad against the run, uh, real bad. They gave them a forty-eight percent success rate against the run, which is a hundred and eighteenth nationally. So, if they're pretty decent against the pass, thirty-fifth in success or thirty-eighth in success rate, and fifty-seventh against an EPA. So, I, I think. You know, we always say this. It, it seems like when there's a, a defensive uh, weakness in any team WC plays, it always seems to be the rushing attack. So hopefully, maybe Max is feeling a little better, feeling a little more aggressive, 
and and Dion mix him in, and maybe they can run the ball a little bit more in this game because um, that that's the biggest weakness for the Beavs, and they've actually been pretty decent against the pass, and WSU has not been good in the passing game. So maybe yeah. some runs. I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I guess I don't know, man. Max didn't look good uh, against Cal. Um, you know, obviously dealing with an injury of some variety. Uh, you know, it just seems like he's always kind of at this point dealing with an injury of some variety, and and that um, you know it's pretty frustrating because obviously he's he's extremely talented. Um, kind of makes you wonder, like, okay, so. You know, is he, is he more dinged up now because he's actually just, you know, running the ball more? Is he, um, you know, w- was he always more built for the air raid than anything else? Anyway, it's just kind of, that's tough to know right now. It's tough to, it's tough to tell what I, what I do know is that, you know, Dion McIntosh has been more effective, uh, you know, especially kind of getting on those North South runs. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously difficult to tackle. We've, we've talked about his, uh, his really good balance. I don't know. You know, maybe that's there. I mean, this this could end up being. I mean, I know we haven't. You know, we're not to uh, Oregon State's offense yet. So uh, when we get there, I was just going to say like this could be a pretty low possession game. Yep. Um, if we are able to find some space to run the ball, or um, if we are able to you know extend some drives, we are not an explosive offense as you already mentioned. So uh, if we do have drives, they are they you know they're they're likely to be a little bit longer um, if they are successful. Um, and then of course Oregon State, as we'll talk about, is uh, you know they run the ball like crazy. So um, yeah, I I don't know, man. I I I hold out hope that the that the run and shoot at some point is gonna is gonna run the ball, but it just it does not feel like. Um, effectively running the ball is ever going to be like a, a staple, if that makes sense. Even if the other team is, you know, maybe uh, potentially weak um, against the run, it, it just sort of seems like, you know, with the, with the offensive schemes we have with, with the air raid and then with uh, the run and shoot, it just seems like it's, you know, the running game is always just going to be complementary to the passing game, which, um, it's okay if the passing game is real good, but but you know right now they both they both suck. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't feel great about um, banking on the running game uh, sort of being excellent because I just don't think that we'll ever commit to it on a level that will allow it to to perhaps carry us in lieu of a of a passing game similar to the way Oregon State has. And again, we're we're talking about this in a sec, but. Um, you know, they sort of committed themselves to the run um, and they've decided this is our identity. This is what we're going to do. Um, you know, I feel like for us to truly take advantage of a team that doesn't have a great run defense that we'd kind of have to do that. And and I just, you know, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I think the the big question is, too, with the with WC's offense versus any defense is how do they replicate those kind of scripted drives, those first ha- first drives of the half? for the rest of the game because they look so effective early in the game and then everything right. falls apart. They I guess they get figured out or that, you know, that we, we know they try the same things repeatedly that have worked, which is fine, 
But sometimes that, you know, defenses have adjusted to that where they very clearly adjusted to our kind of RPO double slant play where we've now thrown interceptions in back-to-back oh games gosh. on the same play. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that one, maybe let's, let's take that. That one needs to take beat. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, maybe, maybe what Travell Harris said is true. And, and I mean, I believe him that they, they added more cause there was definitely some plays there was definitely some some passing plays in particular that looked different. Uh, they used that one to uh, clear out you know, the one that Jackson scored his first touchdown on. They also used it effectively for uh, for Hobart to get pick up a first down, um, where they 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 kind of clear out the secondary for the for for the inside receiver, and he just runs runs a little out route to. Uh, to the flat and and gets an easy first down you know get is wide open ideally Mm -hmm. so they've used that one and and it just looked like there was some things that looked different um there has to be more to this passing game than what we've seen um so and we know that they've they kind of have brought things along slowly because they've had young quarterbacks or quarterbacks not been in the system very much so hopefully in this game, I think the biggest hope for them offensively is that there's more in the bag that they haven't taken out. And we get to yeah. see some of that. Maybe a little bit more healthy Jaden Delora can make a few more plays. Um, and perhaps, you know, they could at least run effectively on their runs, even though, like you said, we're never going to be a team that relies on the run in any game. Um, but on the runs that they do have, hopefully they can – pick up some nice chunks, move the, move the chains, keep it going so that they can open up their passing game a little bit. Um, and, and aren't kind of, you know, pin, don't aren't facing a defense that's pinned back and, and, and knowing what we're going to be doing. So hopefully, right. yeah, they can mix up the plays. Cause really we've seen like, I I'm, I'm sure they're like first drive and second drive of the game. Uh, stats are amazing. And then it all just falls yeah. apart from there. Yeah, I've seen this pop up. Um, you know, you're talking about opening up the playbook. You know, I've seen this pop up a little bit this week where people were sort of thinking back to the game against Oregon State last year. And uh, and that first game, and which, you know, oddly enough, represents the high water mark for the offense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I well, except, I mean, except for maybe, I guess, Portland State. Yeah, but, but you know, whatever. Relative. <laughs> right. So they, you know, they scored whatever it was 38 points. Right. And we were like, wow. Okay. All right. This is, this is it. This is the offense. This is cool. Right. And there were all these, you know, vertical passes and explosive plays. Um, and obviously that <laughs> has not, uh, has not sustained. And, and I do think that that's th- that the vertical passing game is really kind of the big, you know, the big difference, um, in that, you know, that, that part of the playbook has pretty much disappeared. Um, you know, just the straight vertical pass down the sideline, um, or getting people down the seams, you know, something like that. Well, yeah. They uh, definitely tried. Just haven't seen just haven't, I mean, there's been a few they've tried for sure. They, you know, Deshaun Stribling dropped a, a touchdown, uh, on yep. a vertical route. Uh, and, 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 and Jane Delora underthrew Jackson on a nice little wheel route, vertical wheel route on a different time. Yeah. So we've seen it. I, I just, and Jaden threw an interception on another, but it's, it's, yeah. it's just, I, I, I wonder if they, they don't use it as much because Jaden's just not throwing it well, not recognizing it. Well, maybe, although he put that one yeah. right on the money for stribbling and he just dropped the ball. 
So yeah. I mean, it was a tough. It's it was possible, a tough catch, but like it, because if if that comes back, like this offense is look completely different. Like if we can yeah. hit if against this, you know, kind of not great Beavers defense, although they are pretty decent against the pass. But if they can hit some big plays, things will look way different because they just yeah. aren't in a in a position where they can sustain drives that well over the course of a game. And so right. they really, really need to stretch that defense. They they have players that can do it. It's just the quarterbacks yep. haven't been able to deliver on the throws, I think, Correct. most often. Yep. Yep. So that seems like the biggest difference from where we thought the offense would be and where it actually is. Yeah. It's just that that's, that, that is just not really part of the – it's not really part of the play. Also, it would be very and nice to have Renard Bell in that regard. Yeah, yeah, another vertical threat. Um, you know, and for whatever reason, Travell Harris hasn't really been part of that either, um, which is which is sort of an odd thing. Um, you know, you would think he that caught the first he would be that, on a vertical route, the first touchdown from Jaden last year against Oregon State. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, I just I I kind of got the sense that um, you know there was a game against Oregon State, and it was like, all right, you know, this is what we kind of do now. Um, then there was the game against Oregon. Uh, where, you know, it worked pretty well in the first half. And then, of course, second half didn't go great. And then it all comes crashing down against USC, right? Like, and we just kept taking shots against USC. And, it, you know, it was shot after shot after shot. And it just, it wasn't working out. And some of them were interceptions. And, like, it was bad, right? And, you know, there you almost get the sense that teams just went, all right, that's what you're trying to do? Okay, we're going to take that away. And we're going to make you dink and dunk your way down the field. And we just have really not been able to do it, you know, and that was, you know, the, the funny part of it is that's what we got used to watching with the air raid every week, right? Like we knew that the air raid wasn't going to go vertical very often. The air raid was only going to go vertical if like, like you truly like blew a coverage or something and somebody was wide open down the sideline. Otherwise, um, they were trying to work it underneath, trying to work it horizontally. Um, you know, so to kind of see the opposite of that where, you know, they want to go deep, but they can't. And so now they are relegated to working underneath and they also can't do that really very well either. Uh, you know, quarterback's not, not a super accurate intermediate passer. And, um, you know, and I don't know what's going on with the receivers. We, you know, I, I don't know the, the run and shoot well enough to have, you know, big strong opinions on what the receivers are doing, nor can we really see it all that well from the camera angles. So, yeah. I, you know, I don't know exactly what's happened, but I do know that Delora is not, not the most accurate passer. Um, he's not always, you know, super decisive about where to go with the ball. And, you know, those two things sometimes make it a little tough to, to kind of take what the defense gives you underneath, um, which then, you know, potentially could open up some, if you can really punish them that way, potentially that could open up something vertical, but, you know, the, the, the pat, as you mentioned, you know, the EPA per pass of one Oh six, you know, tells you that essentially you are, you are neither efficient nor explosive. And that is a very, very bad combination. Uh, there were times with the air raid where we were efficient, but not very explosive, you know, successful, right? Like we were, you know, kind of, you know, picking up, ch- you know, smaller chunks of yardage to keep the chains moving, particularly, uh, you know, Luke Falk's last couple of years. Um, but <laughs> you know, right, right now we're not doing either of those things. And, uh, and that is a really, that's a bad combination, a really bad combination. 
Yeah, and um, as we uh, transition here to uh, Oregon State's offense, I, I don't want to say like it, Oregon State's crushing it on field position. I'm kind of curious to why they don't have like a great uh, kick returner or a great punt returner or anything. So um, I'm wondering how they how they're pulling that off. But they they do have a fair number of they do have a fair number of turnovers yeah, takeaways. That would be um, it. They're getting about two takeaways a game. So that would be that would be my best guess without kind of looking at the rest because the the uh, offensive field position is much better than their defensive field position. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at WSU's field position, they're both relatively relatively equal, um, but obviously the field position's tilted pretty heavily for Oregon State toward the offense. Which you know, my best explanation would be the turnovers. That'd be my best guess. Yeah, and. Uh... The, the weirdest thing about Oregon State's offense, let's, let's start talking about their offense now, is they run the ball a lot. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot. It is yep. nuts. They, you just don't see. And it's good. Yep. They do it really well. They are not getting, the, the returns are not diminishing. Uh, if you adjust for sacks, they run the ball on almost 61% of their snaps. That is nuts. It's bananas. And yeah. they, as Jeff said, they do it really well. Um, they are uh, 21st in EPA per rush, and they are 7th in rushing success rate. Um, it's always funny when a team is really good at something on one side of the ball and really terrible at the same thing on the other side of the ball. It's like, you're, are you yeah. not valuing the same things? <laughs> like, um, but, yeah. but, yeah, so they run the ball really, really well. Which is, of course, terrifying against our defense, who, you know, is equal opportunity. They're bad against uh, the pass and the run, but um, they are worse against the run. Uh, They started out kind of okay against the run, but I think it was mostly because teams were having so much success against the pass, and they they just kind of abandoned it after, like, one bad bad run. Um, But... Yeah, they're sitting at 84th in uh, defensive success rate against the run and 107th in EPA per rush against the run. Real, real bad. Um, And as you said, Jeff, this is where that thin middle of the defensive line gets real scary. Yeah. They performed well against Cal. Do we take hope from that? I I, I don't know. I mean, they did, but... Both of Cal's running backs that got that got significant runs averaged well over five yards a carry. That's true. So that's true. It it may have just been a function of Cal's offense and how they operate and throw the ball a lot more, but they're not yeah. getting bailed out by that in this game. You know yeah. they did pretty well against no, the not. run against USC <laughs> too, but they got absolutely. But again, on the that's. Back end. Yeah, that's that's more that's more of a function of we can throw the ball whenever we yeah. want. So we're just we're we're just going to throw it whenever we want. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like uh, I have not watched Oregon State closely enough to know how they do it. I just know that they do do it. Um, so I I don't know, man. It's uh, I I mean they did it to us in the second half of the game last year too. If you remember, that was sort of the 
That was sort of the story of the yep. game after halftime was was they just started. They were like, oh, yeah, we got this awesome running back. Let's give him the ball. And now that, a now lot. it's, a, it's <laughs> a different awesome running back uh, who's been waiting, different awesome running waiting back. behind Jamar Jefferson. Uh, but they, they, they have to have um, a litter of names. So it's B.J. Baylor uh, to play running back in at Oregon State. You have to have a same first, you know, same initial first and last. So yes. That's just how it is. Must be alliteration. Yep. Um, so BJ Baylor, uh, over six and a half yards of carry nine touchdowns already in five games. That is, that's a lot, a lot, um, 81 carries in five games, which is not a lot, uh, is what 16 carries a game. It is a lot kind of in this modern college football game, but they, they use, uh, two other running backs, uh, Deshaun Fenwick. He gets about seven carries a game. Trey Lowe has gotten, about four carries a game. Chance Nolan will run the ball as well. The running back, he is, mo- I mean, the quarterback, he's mobile. Um, so he's part of their running game. And then, of course, they use a linebacker, Jack Coletto, close to the line of script, close to the goal line. And he has four touchdown, four touchdowns on 14 total carries this season. So um, they love to run the ball, establish that run. They already have an 1145. Uh, rushing yards that's even with sacks this year in five games that's what they want to do and they do it really well and I don't really trust WSU's defense to uh, stop that yeah the the key here it seems to be is okay so they they run the ball a lot the quarterback has been described I've, I've heard him described as a as a game manager but I don't know if I'd kind of describe him that way not because he um you know shoulders a bunch of the load but because they use him to generate big pass plays mm-hmm. like that's his uh his yards per attempt i i, I don't have it in front of me nine, right now, but i know it's fairly one. high yep. yeah yeah it's very high um and as i'm looking it's it's like i you know i i would guess that they they kind of go about things in the way we just got done watching the Seahawks lose <laughs> i would i would guess they kind of maybe go about it in, in a similar way to the way Pete Carroll would love to go about it with Russell Wilson, which is run, run, play, action, pass, run, run, play, action, pass. That's that would be sort of my guess, because as I'm looking, you know, they at the as they're at their EPA and their early downs and things like that, their early downs EPA is ninth nationally. Um, so they are they're, they're not just being successful on early downs, which they are, but they're also like generating big plays on early downs um, and they're picking up chunks you know, on early downs. And so WSU is going to have to essentially, I think have the same sort of game plan or it's not really game plan, but, but strategy, I don't know if it's even strategy, maybe results. Sequencing is going to matter here. I guess is the way I'll put it. Like they're going to have to somehow figure out a way to get Oregon state off schedule to some degree and put them in obvious passing situations where, um, where they're not, you know, of two minds trying to defend the run and, you know, oops, we just got hit for a big pass, you know, over the top or, or right, you know, through us or whatever. Um, that's going to be key. Now, obviously that's easier said than done. Um, you know, WSU was able to do it against Cal. Uh, that was a lot of what happened with Cal was, uh, they sort of put Cal in, you know, funky down and distant situations that they couldn't get out of. Right. So there were some negative plays with sacks, uh, some tackles for loss on runs. Um, and then, you know, Cal gets, you know, somewhat, you know, discombobulated and can't figure out, you know, how they want to attack, 
you know, third and nine or whatever. And then, uh, you know, they end up with, you know, fourth and four and then they don't get fourth and four. Right. So uh, I, I think somehow WC is going to have to if they're going to be successful, they're going to have to try and do that sort of a thing. Um, but I, you know, I, are they going to be able to? I, I doubt it. I mean, you know, I think I think we all would agree that Washington's run defense is several orders of magnitude better than ours. And they gave up what it like. I'm trying to remember the number, but it was an, it was an insane amount of rushing yards that they gave up. So uh, yeah, 242. Uh, there like you go. 50 yeah. attempts. Yeah. So I, I, you know, like I said, you're going to have to count on them putting them behind the chains, but I mean, I, I just don't know how that's going to happen. So. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm trying to like, we're, we're basically asking for something that hasn't really happened against a, an offense like this before. We're, right. we're hoping that the defense <laughs> plays better than we've seen them play before, which, I mean, they do seem to be on the rise, if, if you will. But this is a, this is going to be one of the best offenses they've played uh, this season. And they're definitely the best offense they've played in the last three weeks. Um, so it's, yep. it, it, it's going to be, this will be a, you know, a, a true test for that, that thin, uh, defensive line where last year or last game Cal drops back to pass a lot. Defensive line could use that to their advantage with their quickness and, and you know, rush the passer, but this can be a little tougher against a team that's not looking to do that. Um, yep. Yeah, interesting enough, uh, Washington's um, run defense is not good this year. Uh, that may be a function of playing Oregon State and stuff, but uh, they are um, 101st in EPA per rush, or 104th in EPA per rush. And that is worse than WSU. So maybe we will only give up 242 yards on 50 carries. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Maybe. I, I would definitely expect Oregon State to rush for well over 200 yards in this game. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, and But the one thing that might keep any yardage down, like you said, will be the fact that they're, the clock's going to be running in this game a lot. And there's yeah. going to be minimal possessions. Maybe that works to the favor of WSU because it seems like the more possessions WSU's offense has, the worse it does. And so I don't know. Maybe as we stretch out the game, if it if it's instead of being twelve or thirteen possessions, it's only ten. You know those those three good possessions we have on offense become much more valuable. You know if they're if they're early, if you're saying like the last three are usually garbage. You know, we get that one or the, those three of those first ten. We get get those points. So what we need to do is finish those drives, which they did well against Cal. They finished the drives that they had, and they're definitely going to yep. need to do that here. And they're going to have to in those tighter spaces hope that they can force some field goals against the Beavs, and you know maybe keep those long drives to three points or whatever. Um, maybe get some fourth down stops. Just they need they need to do the bending, and but not the breaking. Yeah. And 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 that's that's how you can flip a game where you're not favored. Uh, Oregon State's three and a half point favorite. 
Uh, we got Stats of War at Stats of War CFB Graphs has them as uh, about that, uh, roughly that, a little bit over. Um, but so that's you know that's what the the stats are saying. That's what Vegas is saying is it's you know a three or four point game. So how do you flip that? You convert when you have the opportunity. You stop them when they do. Um, and yeah, you just maybe you know of course a, a turnover you know. One more turnover for one more turnover by the Beavs, one less for us would be great. Yep, that'll do it. I mean, you know, you look at them on third and fourth down. I mean, they're nothing special on third or fourth down. They're forty ninth forty ninth nationally in that, which you know is of course a little bit above average, but you know nothing super special there. They, you know, most teams aren't right. Like and plus, like you know, just to you, show the difference, like. Two per, so they're they're a little less than two percent higher in success rate on third and fourth down WSU. That's a twenty five spot difference. WSU is seventy fourth. So in a in one game, two and a half percent means nothing. It's both four out of ten or right. five out of ten for the same right. Like they're right. they're at the same time. Yeah. They're they're both they're at the same success rate if you're looking at one game. So yep. So you know, get them into those positions. Hopefully, you know they. You know, they, they come down on, on a little bit under, you know, underperform what they, what they typically have done. And, you know, I mean, maybe you get, maybe it you get only lucky. takes, you know, instead of having them be four of nine on third down, they're three of nine or two of nine. Right. Like that's, that's the difference yep. in the game right there. Like that, yep. that was the difference in Cal and Cal and WSU, Utah or Cal yep. was three of 15 and WSU was seven of 15. Those four yep. conversions made the game. They extended drives. They got yeah. points out of those drives, and and that that's what matters, right? So, so yeah, we just yeah. I mean, even one or two stops, like even just one or two stops in in such a short uh, possession, like game. like you mentioned, yeah. I mean, if you're only talking ten possessions, and they convert, you know, one or two fewer third or fourth downs, and those turn into punts or you know, turnover on downs or something. I mean, those are drives that don't end in points. You know, it's as, at that point, essentially that's, that's as good as a turnover, right? I mean, that's the old cliche. They, you know, so if you can somehow get one or two more stops than you normally would, I mean, that's, you know, that, that can have a pretty dramatic effect on the bottom line. Yep. So that's what we're, that's what you should be looking for. Um, just getting off the field any way possible. Because otherwise, like, this is going to be a grind of a game. Probably a short college football game, I would imagine. Um, hopefully, Jaden can play, you know, up his level of uh, play. Uh, hopefully, they can mix some new things in. Get just one more scoring drive into the mix would help, you know. They they can get two or three, you know. They had two, they had two against Utah, and then they had... You know, two against uh, two against USC. They had three against Cal. Maybe let's build it to a fourth scoring drive against Oregon State and see what happens. Right? Ooh. Like, how cool would that You're be? Feeling ambitious. How cool would that be? Uh, I, I would. Yeah. Lo- I would love to see that a fourth scoring drive. We had we had four against Utah State, but um, but yeah. now, yeah, let's let's get that fourth scoring drive against a Pac-12 team for the first time in a while. And let's yeah. see what happens. Yeah. yeah, again, I'm looking at ten possessions in this game, ten or eleven maybe. If you can get, if you can get, you know, 
two and a half points per possession. You're probably in a good two or three. And if you get three, man, you're, you're probably in a good spot. So, yeah. So keep an eye on that. Yeah. Um, so I guess here we are, Jeff. Here we are. Here we are. Um, let's get to predictions. Let's, as always, as of the last two weeks, let's do your first half prediction. All right. I think the first half is going to be fairly exciting. And I'm going to go 17-14 Cougs. Three scoring drives. In the first half. Three scoring drives in one half. Three in one half. Uh, so that's going to be my halftime score. And then Hold I on, think no, no. that I do my. You... I do my. Oh, that's right. You're going to do your yeah. halftime score first. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So my halftime score, um, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic about the first half offense like you. But I'm going to say they convert them all for TDs. But I also think that Oregon Ooh. State also does the same thing. So I'm going to go 21-21 at halftime. Yes, I like it. All right, so I think for some reason, I am feeling optimistic about the Cougs. For it's weird reason. what a win does, my man. Um, yeah, I think it's partly that. And then I think it's partly just... Uh, you know, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, but I kind of when we were predicting the season and we were talking about our chances against Utah, and I was like, you know what, we own Utah until proven otherwise, and of course it got proved otherwise. So you know, whatever. But uh, like this, I, I feel like this is sort of a similar kind of deal, right? Where it's like, look at at for right now, we own Oregon State until we don't, um, and so I'm just going to roll with uh, Jonathan Smith is cursed against the Cougs. And so I'm going to go for a final score of 27 to 24 WSU low scoring slug it out. Second half 27, 24 Cougs. They not only cover, but they win cover and win. Let's see. I got 21, 21. Um, yeah. It always seems like those games that have high scoring first halves temper out pretty quickly in the second half or explode to some obscene number. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen this one, it, in large part because of those uh, limited possessions. But uh, let's see. I am feeling optimistic too, but I still that running game in the second half, for Oregon State, kind of scares me. Um, yeah. So I, I think WSU will show offensive improvement. They'll they'll continue. They'll, they will actually score in multiple drives in the second half. So they'll get up to 31. Uh, they'll get a touchdown and a field goal up to 31. Uh, but the Beavs will score two touchdowns in the second half to win 35-31 and cover. Gosh, oh. how devastating oh. is that? Uh, so 35-31 Beavs. Um, I guess I'm not as optimistic as you, Jeff, but I'm rooting for you to be right here. <laughs> Me too. Uh, yeah, I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm feeling good. We got to win. I, you know, I want to, I want to believe all those people out there who tell me that Jake Dickert is awesome. And I want to, you know, I want to go with those people cause I want to, I want to believe them. So and I, I'm going to, I'm going to roll with it. If this I'm week. wrong, I want all the listeners, like if, if the Cougs win, what I want you to do, if you're listening and you have Twitter, um, my Twitter is at the Craig powers. If WSU wins and I'll probably be sitting and watching a wedding ceremony right after the game. So, um, 
you know, after that ends and maybe we go to the reception, I'll check my phone and see. But I want you to tweet me out that um, Will Ferrell, what an idiot gif uh, from um, old school, right? No, not old school. Uh, shoot, what is it from? Um, I'm not sure. The meatloaf, right? What an idiot gif. Uh, whatever. Tweet that. Tweet that at me. He's he's in the robe. What? Why can't I remember? Yeah. What movie that's from? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember wedding which crashers. one it is either. Uh, of course, I... it's Wedding Crashers. Okay. Oh, there we go. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so for the Will Ferrell Wedding Crashers gif, what an idiot! Um, please uh, tweet that at me if Oregon State loses to WSU yeah. and continues it the win streak i will be i will happily read those gifts please don't do the other with jeff if they lose if the cougs lose because he's already going to be sad because (laughs) the cougs lost so but you will make me happy if i'm just flooded with gifts telling me i'm an idiot after the game and uh yes that'll make you smile and also i think this should be a tradition if we ever pick the cougs to lose and they win you should just send us gifts to tell us yes. how big of idiots we are. Um, so yeah, that's that is our preview. Thirty-five, thirty-one beeves for me. Jeff went twenty-seven, twenty-four cougs. Uh, I already said my Twitter, uh, Instagram is not going to be as fun this weekend because I won't be in Pullman at Craig W Powers. Um, Jeff on Twitter at Pod versus Everyone. If you have questions, podcast vs Everyone at Gmail dot com. Um, and yeah, uh, go kooks, Jeff. Go kooks, Craig. Black, Black Lives, Lives Matter. Matter.